This is Deepa Akula and you're listening to The First Deal Show. Welcome to The First Deal Show with your host, Caroline with a K. On this show, we're talking about investors' first investment property. Join me for a trip down memory lane as we hear the good, bad, and ugly of that first deal. All right, welcome back, 402. This is Caroline with the K here with the first deal show. And today we're coming to you live from the Groundbreaker podcasting stage at the Best Ever Conference in Denver, Colorado. So I'm very excited because I got a special guest here, uh, Deepa Akula, who I met at the conference, and she's just been doing an awesome job in the multifamily space. So welcome, Deepa. Thank you, Caroline with the K. Yeah, so excited to have you here. So before we get started on talking about your first deal, I always have my guests kiss me where they give us a little bit of info on you and make you a little bit more comfortable to be on the show. Shoot. So the first question is, what was the first album that you purchased? So here's the time for me to make a confession. I've never bought one. I know. I can't even believe it. She told me she's never bought an album, ladies and gentlemen. And she said, all I do is listen to podcasts. And I thought, oh, I mean, books, not even podcasts, which is great, but no music. So, you know, tell me, what was the first CD you bought or something? Okay. So what I remember is I bought a set of two CDs to learn Spanish on my way to work. Does that count? Yes, we got it. Okay. (laughs) She bought an album, Spanish learning CDs. Perfect. So the second question is what was the biggest challenge that held you back from investing? So the biggest challenge was knowledge, lack of it. Oh, so I just did not know what was possible. So once I knew we had the capital to invest, so I was looking for investments. So once I found it, we went all in. That's awesome. So I feel like most people, they have the opposite problem where they don't have the capital, but Depot's on the other end of that. So she's doing pretty good for herself, Miss uh, Aerospace Engineer out here. Um, So question number three is, what is something new or different you learned during the pandemic? So I went all in on my garden. And I've on your garden garden oh okay. spent a lot of time so that i can soothe myself not think about all the about the pandemic and yeah. get stressed out about it yeah and uh what else i started to learn the piano to play the piano i'm oh. not very good i'm trying no that's and, awesome okay and um i'm learning how to swim oh that, okay yeah. so you didn't know how to swim before and now you know that's pretty neat girlfriend thank you yeah so uh, this garden though tell me uh what kind of things do you grow flowers vegetables like what's your thing vegetable garden vegetable garden so zucchini and cucumbers cilantro mint and just vegetables and spices yeah wow that's awesome so basically you don't have to go grocery shopping anymore because your groceries in your backyard we do we do (laughs) we're not self-sustaining okay that's still pretty neat though yeah and you know i'll tell you something when i was in uh high school or no when i was younger like i didn't uh my parents put me in classes to learn how to swim okay but you know what it was i know how to swim but i didn't have swimming confidence so I, I moved to Florida and lived there for a little bit, and I had a pool in the backyard. Okay. And then I built up my swimming confidence. So nice. now 
I can say that I know how to swim. Not yeah. very fast, but I can do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I took classes as a child, too. But uh -huh. I didn't. That's, it's a confidence thing. And I was not very good at breathing. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a split-second thing. And, yeah. yeah, I'm getting good at it now. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and finally, what is your favorite quote? So I might have to paraphrase a little bit here. Maybe I'll just read it out here. Yeah. But this is by APJ Abdul Kalam. He mm -hmm. was the president of India. And he said, dream is not the thing you see in sleep, but it is the thing that does not let you sleep. So. Wow. Yeah, I love it. And that's yeah. deep. Okay, so thanks for, you know, kissing me on the cheek here. So now we want to know. Before we get into your first deal, we want to okay. know a little bit about Deepa and what she's about, you know, because I know that you quit your job five months ago, right? I was laid off, but oh, yes. <laughs> oh, right, right, yeah. So I stopped working. Yeah, yeah. So yes. tell us, like, what has your journey been and that got you to where you are today? Yeah. So I, my background is in engineering. I got my bachelor's in India in mechanical engineering, and I have a master's in mechanical and aerospace engineering from University of Missouri. And I graduated as the Great Recession hit in 2007. Wow. So I had to pivot into civil engineering. Okay. And ever since, um, I've been a civil engineer and I'm a licensed professional civil structural engineer. Okay. And uh, retired or was laid off when I was head of engineering. And okay. I, I was managing a team of engineers. So, okay. yeah. And then when did your real estate investing journey start? So me and my husband both based in Seattle. Yeah. And we were we had capital that was that needed to be placed somewhere. Yeah. And um, in 2016, I started to look for places um, for investments. Okay. And I stumbled into I looked into real estate and we do own some real estate in India. Oh. Yeah. So international. <laughs> okay. With my. My husband's family owns real estate, and they, they are landlords. Okay. So he was interested in real estate. I thought it was a good idea. Yeah. And I looked into it, and um, lo and behold, I, we thought about different assets, like single families, commercial, but we landed on syndications because they are scalable, and they are um, a lot. A pro we manage the manager. We don't actually have to be boots on the ground. It can be done remote. Yeah. So it sounded great, and I learned a lot about it. And mm -hmm. yeah, now I'm all in, sold on syndications. That's awesome. Yeah. So you're currently a full-time operator, is that right? So I am a full-time equity partner. I'm a co-GP okay. on four syndications right now, about okay. 1,100 units, apartment yeah. units. Killing it. <laughs> Thank you. So I, I've been doing this full-time for five months, and yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny. We actually met accidentally in a meetup and I recognized her. She has her hair down. You guys can't see her, but in the meetup, she like usually puts her hair up and she has like this little background. And that's how I remembered her because her company's like <laughs> Vineside. Yeah. So anyways, you know, thanks so much for telling us a little bit more about yourself. But now we want to get into. So what was your first deal? Let's do it. So my very first deal was I was a limited partner in a syndication on a property, as a 76-unit property in Arizona. Awesome. So let's just go over that real quickly for the listeners. So a syndication, there's two main people, and that's your general partner and your limited partner. The general partner is the one who finds the project, funds it, and manages it. And, well, actually, they 
you know, they raise capital to fund it. But really, the limited partners are the most prized possession in the deal because they are the ones that bring all the capital to close the deal. So um, Deepa was an awesome asset to this investment in Arizona because she brought that capital to close on the deal. She was one of many people. One of the many people, yes. yes. So I invested a minimum, the minimum on the deal because... I had no experience with this operator, yeah. and I was tired of looking at the money in the bank. Mm-hmm. So I told my husband, we're going to risk it. So yeah. the minimum was 50000 on that deal. Yeah. So I go, Nick, if we lose this fifty k, uh, it'll be a good lesson learned. <laughs> if not, we'll make a killing. So yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. So then tell me, like, what was that process like? Did you guys vet out the operator? Like, how did you find them? Definitely, definitely. So... Um, I found the operator as a referral, and but this person who referred to me never worked with them because I was asking people that I wanted to invest in syndications, and usually in apartment syndications, in smaller properties at least, it's 506B, Yes, means I need to know the sponsor to invest, so I did not know anybody. Right. So just a random referral, not a referral, just a connection, Yeah. and she said, I'm not watching for this girl. Uh, who does syndications, but you connect and see how it goes. Okay. So I connected with Elisa. Her name is Elisa Zhang. She's amazing. and uh, That means that she made her money. (laughs) 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 And just for the listeners, so 402, 506B is 506Buddy, and then 506C is for accredited investors only. So that means... If you um, have a net worth of a million dollars or make over $250,000 a year, then you can you know, apply to be an accredited investor and have that verification. Um, but otherwise, in order to get into syndication, you need to know someone who's actively in op- operating and you know, they'll bring you in on a deal. Right, right. We have to be a buddy. Yes. So I spoke to the operator. I spoke to Elisa. Uh, she's another engineer. She used to... Oh. Yeah, she was a software engineer. Okay. And she was so transparent. And as a limited partner, you want to know um, what the operator is going to do when the deal goes south. Yes. Because that, when, when everything is nice and the, the economy is doing good and the renters are paying, mm-hmm. the money is hitting the bank, so you right. don't really need to know much because you know how it's doing. You're, the money is getting deposited. You're right. getting distributions. Yeah. But I wanted to find out what, uh, what went wrong with one of her deals before. And she was very transparent and asked about the communication policy. And here's the thing is, Elisa, um, she pretty much said, hey, Deepa, she was interviewing me. I was bringing the capital, but yeah. she wouldn't accept it from anyone. She was oh. like, how will you qualify to put your money in my deal? Uh-huh. And I love it about her. Yeah. So, so I, yeah, that was my... That's my vetting process. We had a few conversations, and okay. then I trusted. I I knew her, liked her, trusted her enough to write a check. Awesome. And ladies and gentlemen, that's usually how it goes, right? You need to know, like, and trust someone before you do business with them, because you're not gonna. A lot of people will say, "Oh yeah, I'll put down this much money," but until you see that check and they know, like, and trust you, nothing's gonna get closed. So okay. And then, so after you vet out that process, you sign the check, then what happened next? Have you guys gone full cycle? Meaning, have, you know, did they buy it and then five years later they sold it? Or what was their business plan? And we have gone full cycle on oh. that particular deal. Yeah. So here's the thing. Arizona, uh, we acquired it in 2019. Yeah. The 76 unit. Okay. And 
IRR was 40%. 40? Yes. So, okay. Yeah, I invested and we we are still not completely done with it. This went full cycle a few months ago. Okay. And my 50,000 investment came back as 128,000. Wow. So, yeah. You really made it. You were not kidding when you told your husband, we're going to make a killing on this. <laughs> Hindsight now, yeah. but you know. Of yeah. course. And I'm sure that part of the mar- you know, the market with increasing prices. It definitely helped. The yeah. tailwind. Yeah. They yes. brought you guys. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So tell us more about, you know, this 76 unit in Arizona. Like why? Yeah. You know, something interesting about this deal is it was not a smooth sailing. Okay. So it was not smooth sailing, and we did have some trouble with uh, some of the general partners. Um, not there was some asset management changes. Okay. So in the personnel. Oh. And um, now there were people trying to figure out how to run it, and the distributions did go down for a little bit. But it, they made up for it because it was accrued. Usually the returns accrued. Yes. So. But you know that's what that's what I like about real estate. It's it's very forgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, during the operation, during the whole time, it it might not look like it. Yeah. But on the back end of it, um, it made a great return. And um, I was told that as an LP, uh, I would learn from reading the reports. And I was told uh, in one of the reports by the GPs that we were getting a lot of unsolicited requests to buy that property. Oh. But there was a prepayment penalty on that loan if it was paid back sooner. So there was a, when we started receiving, when the GP group started receiving, I think it was $1.1 million or $1.2 million close to that. Mm -hmm. So the GP group wanted to hold on for a little bit longer. So they held it on, held on to the property until the um, prepayment penalty came down to 800000 And the property made that kind of return after we paid the 800000 prepayment penalty. Wow. Think about what could have happened if the investors got all that. I mean, I'm happy with the return we made. Yeah. But that's just how it was. Wow. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So you bought at the right time and then they were yes. able to get out at yes, the right yes. time. Yes, yes. It was like a harbor. It was, you know, uh, a rising tide, it pushes, all, it raises all the ships. So we bought at the right time and it was managed well too. Oh. And also something very interesting about that property, I think there were only a couple of units that were renovated. Okay. So most of the CapEx budget pretty much got distributed back because they were... People were willing to buy with only two units renovated because that's that much meat on the bone for the next operator to come in and raise the rents. Wow. So uh, I can't recall now how many units were planned to, the the, the business plan was to renovate, but I think they only did two. So they did one one bedroom, I believe, and one two-bedroom, and they just showed what's possible, and that's all was needed to exit that deal. Wow, so then the original, what was the original timeline? What, how many years do they plan to hold it? Five years, like any other syndication, but okay. you know they were getting unsolicited requests yeah. to buy that property, so they exited early. 
And then what, how many, how early did they exit? Uh, they exited in two years and three months. Wow, that's yeah. fast. Yeah, so we got my money back and uh, we redeployed that capital into another syndication, into one of my own syndications now, but yeah. That's awesome. So tell us a little bit about what are some of the benefits that you got for investing as a limited partner in this deal? That's a great question. So I always wanted to be on the general partner side. Uh -huh. And I did tell my general partner, I, I was talking to Elisa and other, I have invested with another group too. So I've always been telling them that I wanted to be on the other side. So the first experience was priceless. I got yeah. started mm -hmm. and I learned everything by reading the reports. There's a monthly report mm -hmm. that comes out and I learned everything I wanted to know. At least I was fly on the wall just trying to be, trying to just observe how the machine works from the other side right because that's how i want to treat my investors when right. i'm a gp so i learned how the machine works I, l I looked at the financials that was shared tried to understand all of that mm -hmm. and when, so the biggest advantage of what i gained by being an lp is the knowledge and the second thing is the money <laughs> and the third thing are the tax advantages Oh, okay. Yeah, so we did get some depreciation on our K-1s. I'm able to use that to uh, cancel out some of the capital that we made on that deal. Oh, okay. So, yeah. you know, being a limited partner, although it may not be as glamorous as being a general partner on a deal, there are certain advantages that you guys are able to take away from the deal besides just making an income. Right. right. I want to make a correction. Being... Being a limited partner is glamorous. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, GPs are servants for the LPs, so they are our lord. So, you know, it is glamorous. I'm just kidding. Oh, yeah, but, no, I love yeah. it. But, you know, GP side is a lot of work. But LP, if you invest, and even if you're not a real estate professional, you can't, you can't take that deduction against your active income. But when you get your K-1 losses, you can apply that to the money you made on that when you exit that particular deal. Mm -hmm. So it's still stack savings. Yeah. Wow. So then uh, tell us, you know, after you invested um, as a limited partner on this deal, you know, what happened? Have you become, it seems like you're hooked, right? Like you can't stop now. <laughs> I can't stop now. I'm doing this full time. I love it. So so I invested in that. That was my very first syndication that I invested as an LP. Yeah. I invested in another syndication in Austin. Okay. In Austin, Texas. That was my second syndication as an LP. And starting third syndication, I switched and I was a co-GP. Awesome. So I was a co-GP on a 272 unit in uh, Houston, Texas, uh, which closed in May of 2021. And since then... I've had three more syndications that I'm a GP on. So now I'm a co-GP on about 1,100 units. And uh, yeah. That's amazing. So uh, once again, 402, we've got another woman in the field that's doing some great stuff. So tell me, what is one piece of advice that you'd give to someone that is interested in getting in real estate investing and maybe they are of a similar background, right? They have a high earning income. Um, what would you like? What would be a piece of advice that you give them? So it depends on where they want to go and how involved they want to be, and get started. Get started, and knowledge is power. Start reading, listening to podcasts. Now it's more. 
in this time, day and age, it's much easier to gain knowledge. Um, there are so many other mediums, if it's not just books, and books may be even outdated as they're being printed, yeah. but there are podcasts, there's audiobooks, and there are blogs, and you may even learn on TikTok about syndications. <laughs> However, whatever your medium is, Instagram, just get started, learn, and pick an asset class and experiment. Yeah, yeah. love it. Um, so thank you so much, Deepa, for being on the show. I really appreciate you taking the time to spend some time with me here. And I would love to be able to let the 402, if they're interested in finding out more about you or learning about what you're up to, uh, what's the best way that people could reach out to you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. My full name is Deepa Reddiakula. And they can also visit our website, which is Vinside Capital. It's V-I-N-S-I-D-E, vinsidecapital.com. And yeah, those are the two best ways to get a hold of me. Awesome. So there you have it, 402. If you're looking to get more information on Deepa and maybe learn about syndication and how to be a general partner, maybe even get involved in some of her projects, you can reach out to her uh, through the website and it'll be in the show notes. So thank you so much for coming on the show. And that's all, folks. Thank you for listening or watching The First Deal Show. I'm excited for you to buy your first investment property. If this show has helped you in any way, I ask that you share it with someone. 